Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Amali. And a uh, good day to all of you. Hello. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. It's another beautiful fall day. It is. Yep. It's, it's uh, Autumn is here. Yeah. Like full on. When I was thinking about that, and... we the last time we recorded was a week ago. I was like, oh, it just feels like yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. kind of a week it's been. It it's feels been like yesterday. It's been a long week. Yet a lot has happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but but we're back with you, and and um, the beautiful crimson and gold and all of those autumnal leaf colors are are out. It's it's starting to look that way. They're coming out. They're coming. And in two weeks, when it's my wedding day, they'll be perfect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think they say the week the week before is peak, but you know, whatever. They should be still close. I still want them to just look good. They'll look good. Okay. They will look good. Just look good. (laughs) Just look good, leaves. All right, you hear that? All authority on heaven and earth proclaims that you will just look good. (laughs) Speaking of which, we're talking about authority today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Go figure. What What do you know? What a way to get into it. Authority to tell the leaves what to do. Um, Yes, unlike Jonah last week. Oh, man, poor Jonah. You know, last week was the Jonah text about the the bush that springs up overnight. And Jonah's like, yay, bush. And then overnight it's gone. And he's like, ugh. I want to die now. I want to just die because it's gone. Nobody laughed. Yeah. I chortled a little bit because it's a funny text. It's it's drama queen Jonah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. there's there's a dark edge to that, but there's it, he's it's fu- it's funny from the drama queen perspective. Yeah, it always rem- melodramatic. It always reminds me of my oldest nephew when he was like maybe like four. He was having a temper tantrum and he ran into his room and slammed the door. And he, we just hear him yell, "Just leave me alone! Just leave me here! Let me die!" Oh boy, <laughs> he was like four. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, we're not going to let you do that. But we will leave you alone for a little bit. Yeah, you have a minute. Yes. <laughs> Take, take a minute. Take, take a breath. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been having to remind myself about breathing this week. That's for sure. Like it's yeah. been so busy. So yeah. um, sometimes you just need to be left alone. It's true. And take it's a minute. True. Right. Take... Have a little time out. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there's part of me that, like it, with our texts today. I mean, for this coming weekend, and we have. So we have all the lectionary texts, but we're going to focus on the gospel today. But it's really interesting just thinking about like the voices and the. It, you know, you think about the week that has been had <laughs> leading up to like mm-hmm. Jesus talking to the authorities in this passage. Yeah. And I think it's just really helpful. So one thing just to be helpful, um, that's helpful is a reminder, like the passage that we're going to be reading is, is Matthew 21, starting in verse 23. And Jesus has just overturned the tables. Oh, okay. Jesus has mm-hmm. just, there's been the triumphant entry and then he's also flipped tables. Yeah. So like, this is like, have you seen that? Sorry. Have you seen that meme that's going around? That's like I asked the AI gener- generator to draw Jesus flipping over tables and it's like Jesus like doing a backflip over a table. No, I hadn't. That's <laughs> it's awesome. Good. That's it's great. good. Anyway, yeah. so Jesus has just done backflips over tables. Right. He's had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So he's in Jerusalem now. Right. This is a funky text. So one thing that, that's really interesting is this text. We often get in the lectionary, we get pieces of this story without getting the triumphal entry because we save that for Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but the irony is is that it's it's woven into the other pieces of Jesus's life and his story and his story. Um, and like every like you know the the good old reformed folks would say, every Sunday is a mini Easter and a mini Christmas. Mm-hmm. In some ways, every Sunday is also a mini like Palm Sunday. It's all of it woven together. Like the stories are woven together. Yeah. 
and we can't totally separate it. So I'm kind of glad that we get to dip into this. Jump forward a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So So, um, I'm going to read this and then I guess let's dive in. Okay. When he entered the temple, remember, he's just flipped tables outside the temple. All right. The chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not, but later he changed his mind and went. And the father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of the righteous, of way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. All right. Okay. Well, you're going to have some work this Sunday. I know. There's some work here. It's fine. <laughs> Un- unraveling all of this because like... It's a lot. This isn't the first time I've read it, but you know, I, it's been a couple of days since... Well, has it? Maybe that was just yesterday. Anyway, when I hear it and I think about it, it's like, it's very confusing. What's going on, what's happening is very confusing. Right. So, I mean, so from the the starting point is that Jesus... the the, the uh, Jesus is at the temple and he's flipped the tables, right? right. And he's, he's thwarted their authority. He's thwarted their authority. Mm-hmm. He's started teaching probably, right? Like he answers some questions, says some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they're like, ah, oh, we're going to get him. We're going to, we're going to catch him in heresy. Cause he's either going to say he's that God gave him the authority and we, we don't think God gave him that authority or he's going to say something. Right. Yeah. And he's also on their turf at this point, right? right? He's in Coming the temple. into Jerusalem and into the temple, right? He's at kind of the source of everything, the source of, their authority. Right. So their authority is there. And so then they're asking him about his and he flips it. Classic Jesus move, right? Like, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, mm-hmm. um, which is really interesting because like Jesus's question is not. In some ways, this p- brings out, up the point that Jesus asks questions not for the right or wrong answer. Jesus asks questions to get people to think. Mm-hmm. Right. And to think about changing and transformation. Like it's not yeah. just like get the right answer, guys. It's more like, have you thought about this? Yeah, and I think their motivation behind their answers really says it all, right? They don't want to, they're afraid of the crowds. They want to be caught up in that, but they also don't want to say that Jesus has authority, right? Right, yeah, yeah. They don't want to to name because then all of a sudden, what does that do? It raises the question of what is their authority, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that, that that's one of the really interesting pieces of this, this, this start of this passage is that in many ways it's a question of how do we understand power mm-hmm. and authority and who gives authority mm-hmm. and what does it mean to have that or reciprocally to not have that, right? Yeah. Um, because in some ways their response is a fear of letting go of authority, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like they're trying to preserve power. Yeah. And, you know, what are they going to lose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And And so to me it asks that question of like, 
have you like do we hear questions in our own lives that we know what the right answer is but we don't want to hear that question right yeah exactly because right? you know when i was when i said what do they want to lose what do they have to lose honestly a lot you know i think about the the pharisees and the jewish leaders and if they give authority to jesus they're at risk of losing the stability Right. Well, that's I mean, what I always think about. I mean, like, so there's social stability, there's mm-hmm. their, but there's their own power and privilege and wealth. And their place within their place the Roman society. Empire. There's yeah. also their livelihood, potentially. Like, yep. mm-hmm. it's all of that. But then the bigger question is, are you placing all of those things ahead of what is really truth and the experience that you are living, right? And are you putting it above what you actually understand as what God seeks, and what God understands as yeah. authority, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, in some ways, this this goes back to, I'm just thinking way back now, probably in podcast land, of thinking about that Jesus continually, and I think this was especially true in kind of the Old Te- Old Testament text and the Hebrew scriptures, mm-hmm. of Jesus is constantly reminding them that the center of faith is not in a place, in a building. Yeah. It's attached. It's, it is where God is, which is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that the Jesus is radical, flipping of that too is is that God resides in humanity mm-hmm. and in Jesus but but also in people um and so I think that like in some ways this is kind of that that reminder that Jesus is pushing against an older understanding of a traditional understanding yeah. of 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 where God's authority lies mm-hmm. and and so in some ways, this is as much against an entire system as it is against the actual leadership, right? Mm-hmm. From that perspective, that it's that he's he's asking the question of where does like his response in some ways says, "Have you thought about where authority actually lies? Is it in this temple? Mm-hmm. Is it in your roles as priest? Yeah. What is it? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Is it mm-hmm. because it is it because like you know thinking about it like is it because I'm a white dude?" Right. Like yeah. what does power look like? Yeah. Um, and how do we understand how it's given, how it's received and all that? And I think that that is like he's throwing it and saying power is systemic. It's also individualized that yeah. each of us has power and it's both position, but it's mm-hmm. also societal. It's how it's how it's understood and given. So I think that's a really big yes. question that Jesus is pushing. And so with that, I'm kind of really wrestling with their answer when they say we do not know. Because when you say that, then yeah. the first time I, I I think I heard it, I was like, wow, that's kind of the most honest answer, right? Because, but now that you're saying that, I'm thinking it's the most honest answer because they don't recognize. They don't see themselves. They don't recognize yep. themselves, right? Yeah. They don't yeah. recognize that their, you know, authority, their priorities are all focused on their placement and position in society and keeping things copacetic, you know? They don't realize that even in asking that question, they're asserting their authority, right? Yes. And that's, you know, that's not their role, really. Under right. under Jesus's vision of God's kingdom, that's not really what should be happening. Right. Priests are not about that type of authority. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So it's uh, that's really interesting. And so it, it raises the question, like, so we can, we can ask that question from a religious standpoint, mm-hmm. but then we can also ask it and say, okay, how do we understand? reinterpret that societally with governance, with corporation, with, yeah. with authority and yeah. systems in our world. Yeah. Um, and you know, if we're asked that we live in, if we're asked a tough question and our answer is like, we don't know, then we should say, do you really not know, you know, or do you want to not admit that you do know and don't want to do the thing that you do know? Yeah. 
Or do you want to? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when you ask a child what's right and wrong, like, you know, they probably know, but that doesn't mean they want to do the thing that is the right thing, you know, because that's hard and that puts them at risk. Right. Which is then the follow up with the parable, Mm -hmm. right, is he basically slaps them with this story that basically says. You have power and authority, right? Yeah. That's the underlying assumption is that like you have power and authority and then he says, the the hidden question is, what are you doing with it? Because mm-hmm. they're the ones who say, I, I, I will. I will follow you, God. I'll do it. But I'll then do they it. don't then really they don't follow. Do it. And then and he's, he says, you know, this is where he says the, you know, the tax collectors and prostitutes are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven before you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the son that said no, but then actually did it was more right than the one that said, I'm going to do it and didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's that question of how do we how do we how do we name worth and value, mm-hmm. um, and how do we acknowledge our own culpability in that in in and those what questions we do of power? Does matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. We were talking about that at um, coffee hour with our our colleague group, yeah, right? About yeah. what we do matters, and I was thinking about it later and how like sometimes for us and in church, I think. Um, it's hard for us to talk about what we do mattering because we we like to focus on on grace a lot, yeah, you know, and yeah. like your identity and all of that stuff. And it's kind of harder to kind of walk that line of being like what you do does matter in God's eyes in a, in a way that balances like that it does matter, but right. that it's not the end all be all of how God sees you. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that like one of the things that I think is actually really powerful about this text, and I we talked a little bit about this too on Wednesday, was um, that that some of this is is that what is the authority that then leads to the doing, right? Like what is leading to our doing, mm-hmm. um, and what guides us in that sense of identity, and do we sense do we do the doing because the doing makes us gives us value and makes us who we are. Or we do we do out of response to what God has given to yeah. us, mm-hmm. which is who we are. Yeah, our and good then, works are a response to God's right, grace. It's the free gift of grace, and how do we respond? Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I think that 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 becomes a question of how do we navigate? What do we do? Right. Like, do how we do, do we? How do we make those choices? Yeah. And and the the and really then, difficult question of like we have by we whose have, authority do we make the choices right, right? Yeah, it goes right yeah, back exactly. you know who are yeah. we following and making the choices right is it the the joy of our own pocketbook or the joy of god you know simply <laughs> right and and even more so the joy of of who of who gets the say of the of of power in our actions right meaning mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's just too abstract. I, I guess I think about it more from the lens of like thinking about that, like that, like when we when I make a decision or when I'm listening to opinions and discerning something, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I discounting? Who am I leaving out? Yeah. Who have I, by default or out of stupidity, right? Mm-hmm. Being human, mm-hmm. viewed as your opinion isn't worth it, right? Yeah. Um, and in some ways, it's that question of in every action that we have, the question is are we seeing our engagement through the lens of how God sees power? Mm-hmm. Which means, are we seeing it as it's not about us? Mm-hmm. 
which is really hard. It's hard to unpack that, right? Like, I don't think that it that's is. like, like it's <laughs> abstract. It's difficult. Like, and we have to have power. We have jobs. Mm-hmm. We have choices. We have decisions to make on a regular yeah. basis. This isn't to say that we don't make those decisions. Mm-hmm. It's to say, how do we lean into it so that the decisions don't become who we are? Right? Mm-hmm. That the decisions are, what is this? Um, uh, decisions are descriptive, not prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to right? to put it. Yeah, and, and I think you really do have to you have to break that down, um, because that's not the way um, cultural Christianity operates, right? No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. You and do good even things to earn your salvation, right? right? Yeah. You've yeah. fallen back into that trap, but instead, you do good things out of God's love, right? God is the example, right? And but, if we follow Jesus' authority, that is the example for us, right? And I, it's really, to me, like now that we've talked about the flipping over the tables, it's really hard to think about this passage alone, right? Without the oh, story, yeah, without absolutely. the example of that. So I don't know if you're going to bring that into your sermon on Sunday, but it'd be really helpful to have that because the whole idea of the flipping the tables, as I understand it, is the idea that the people are being kind of cheated in the temple. I think there's, there's a being the cheated, but it's also, it's, I really think that like, it's also, it's, it's, it's not, it's not just the cheating. It's mm-hmm. that it's the misplacement. I mean, and this goes back to the beloved child of Godness that in some ways like, um, and the beings and not doings and some of kind of where both of us have leaned in some of our sermons in the last, like with, with forgiveness and grace and yeah. different pieces of this. Um, and, and how you talked about work and, and worth in many ways, like last Sunday, yeah, like, I think that in some ways this is a reminder that Jesus is saying um, your value is not about your own power, your own wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you take advantage of someone else, you are going against God because you are harming the value of mm-hmm. God's children. Yeah. And in some ways Jesus then flips it in this chapter 21 and says, see these people that you don't value? Mm-hmm. Tax collectors, prostitutes, mm-hmm. they have value because they actually trust that authority, mm-hmm. what authority really looks like mm-hmm. and what God's grace really looks like Yeah. rather than yeah. thinking that they understand it as a power system that gives yeah. you personal power. Yeah. You think so little of them, but they're the ones who are able to get over themselves. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so like the flipping the tables in some ways is a saying, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. You're like, you've perverted. Mm-hmm what the power of God should be. Yeah. And what it's as. supposed to mean in the temple. Right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to think about it from the lens of the powerlessness too, is to think about, does this say, um, that religion, um, and this is, this is a problem with the church historically, right? That religion is perverted from this text mm-hmm. says it's perverted when authority and power exclude mm-hmm. and diminish people yeah the yes the right? tax collectors and the prostitutes is what you're saying right mm-hmm. and i'd say that the church has done that historically with women with glbtqia plus folks yeah. with um with race mm-hmm. with ability with so many different pieces throughout history um that 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 this is in some ways is saying no 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 yeah. 
God's I'm, God's kingdom looks different than that. I'm also trying to think of how that kind of connects to back to the John idea, right? That Oh, John's but it also is this like unwillingness to see God's presence in a new and different way too, Ooh, yeah, right? Yeah. It's it's that as well because the whole John movement is, you know, kind of it's like from the ground up, right? It's from the people. It's yeah. following this man who isn't this high priest in the temple, right? In his rightful place, right? It's a man who's among the people. Um, and their unwillingness to see that God could work in, in ways that were unexpected to them, right? Yeah. In denying that that's the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in John. Right. And mm-hmm. and to be fair, like, you know, that that fits into... I mean, think about any professional organization on the planet and Mm -hmm. professionalism, clericalism in the church. Yeah. Like you weren't trained in seminary. You didn't go through the process as I did. You You, don't fit into this box. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in some ways, Jesus is saying the models that you have established Mm -hmm. while meaningful Mm -hmm. are not the same as the authority of God. Yeah. They're not God's authority. Yeah. There's not, I mean, they're not, not. And it's like, it's boxing it in. It's making it small. And I think too, I always think about that when people are like, oh, how do you know that this person is saved or those types of things? And it's like, how could I think that God's grace could be so small? Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, or like, because this person did something bad and then died, like, um, they're going to hell, right? Like, do we really think God's ability for grace and redemption is as small as ours, you know? Right. And in some ways there's the, the fig tree, right? Mm-hmm. In some ways fits into oh, yeah, that, the, right? Being like, mad at the fig tree. Being mad at the fig tree. It'll be lifted up and thrown into the sea, right? Yeah. Because um, you're not producing good <laughs> fruit, right? Yeah. But like, it's also that question of like, what does actual power and authority look like yeah. in the sense of, of how we understand mm-hmm. our own expectations, right? Yeah. Like we see... Um, I think from that, from the perspective of like saying um, that we build, we build boxes and walls mm-hmm. yep. and tables. And we also build expectations about this is what this should be. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's and in, who's out, who's in, who's out. How do we do be, this? Right. How the Holy Spirit should work, how God should work, all those things. Right. And we're ignoring the actual experience of God and we're losing out, you know? So yeah. I think, you know, it's easy to be like, ah, those, you know, those Pharisees and Jewish leaders, but it's, it's finding ourselves in them in the ways that we like build boxes around things and have rules and regulations for things. And for me, it's that it's sad, right? It's sad that they're missing out. You know, it's not just that they're these jerks, but I think, you know, Jesus is always like having pity on people. Right. And just feeling sad for the fact that they're missing out on these experiences of God and that's to their own loss. Right. Yeah. They're, they're the ones who are losing out. Yeah. And so it's kind of a warning. Don't be like those people who are losing out on the experiences of God and recognizing God in the, in the other person, you know? Yeah. Like instead rejoice and celebrate. God was at work through John's baptism. God is at work finding, helping tax collectors and, right. and prostitutes find and, a way to God. And the, that authority, I mm-hmm. mean, and this is what gets in trouble with the fig tree. I mean, he curses the fig tree, right? And it withers. Mm-hmm. But then like, he's like, if you have faith, you can even move mountains. You can do all this. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is not just, in some ways that's saying faith has nothing to do, that authority through faith has nothing to do with authority through position. 
yeah in our it's, society right like which is it's deconstructing the boxes yeah. right he's basically saying authority through, that's not how it works yeah authority through faith is recognizing the relationship that exists with god right which is empowering yeah right mm-hmm. and allows you to do amazing things including you know apparently wither a frig theory but like well tbd yeah right <laughs> i mean but like but, i got one in mind that i'm trying to wither <laughs> but it hasn't been going well <laughs> <laughs> like, but but that that question of like, how do we measure things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 this is something that actually, you know, I mean, this is a deep dark rabbit hole. I'm not going to go there too far, but just saying, okay, like, what is it? <laughs> well, it's just the question of church and in, in, and innovation, yeah. right? And saying that we keep looking for new boxes and how to innovate and how to find w- ways to do things, mm-hmm. and in reality, the core of innovation of any kind is in reality trusting God's authority based on the faith. That we place yeah. in community. That it is not about build the right box, build the oh, right yes. temple, set that's, the right hierarchy. That's always my deal response. Deal with all those things, right? When like, it's not uh, about that. That's always my response when an older generation is like, "How how how are younger generations going to essentially save the church?" And they don't always put it that way. But I'm like, well, if I believe that God is at work, I think God will find a way, and it's not up to me. You it's know? also not our church to save. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jesus' Jesus, church. Yeah, that's true too. Like, it's, I mean, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, this church, this church itself, well, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe it'll shift or evolve or, Mm -hmm. you know, I hope not, like, vanish. But, like, at the same time, like, that's not God's church. God's church is bigger than this one space, Mm -hmm. right? And God is more powerful than all the fears that I hold over stability or authority or, like, you know, my position. Ooh, yeah. Right. That God's way, and that's the thing too, that the the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders, and especially during this time in Jerusalem, like I get it that they're trying to keep the peace and that Jesus is dangerous, right? Yeah, yeah. But if they really believed that God will find a way um, outside of, and it, God, that God's way will be bigger than any of those human right. creations of empire and yeah. rule and power and struggle and all those things, then... They would let it go, but they they can't because they want to be in control of it. Right. And so I return to kind of thinking for ourselves and kind of thinking about where does this leave me with the questions? I mean, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with my sermon yet. I'm working on that. But like you will find a way. I will find a way. <laughs> um, but but thinking about how do we understand? Um, I still I still feel like that that question. Of of when we are asked the question that Jesus asks, right? Or that we are asked and we know we know the answer. Mm-hmm. Are, how, do we, how do we navigate changing? Because I think that ultimately this passage leads us up to the question of that, like, we can see this. We can point it out. Mm-hmm. But how do you put it into how practice? How do you put it into practice? Yeah. How do you actually, I mean, and, you know, like the Ezekiel passage, like some of the, even the Christ hymn in some ways has some elements of repentance in it in the sense of, mm-hmm what Christ has done for us and how we, how that shifts us. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, this is a, this is also part of that, of a reframing of a return to God. Yeah. And how do we, how do we make that happen mm-hmm. um, in a world that is constantly telling us, no, just change the box, mm-hmm. just shift the power structures. Like then you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, actually, maybe it's more about like, yeah, we have to have structures. We do, but like mm-hmm. maybe it's that we need to, let go of the authority of structure and let authority of God mm-hmm. help guide how we understand structure right? yeah. instead of, and instead of having structure dictate our understanding mm-hmm. of power. 
Yeah. One of the things that I really like is kind of this idea of giving it up to God. Yeah. Um, And to me, that's what's necessary in this. When we think about the return, right? Yeah. The turning or the changing, right? I think that what the Pharisees and the, the scribes need most in this is just to like open their hearts and recognize that they don't have to be the answer. Yeah. Because I like understand them so deeply when Jesus asks them this and they're like, okay, if I answer this way, then that's going to be the consequence. If I answer this way, <laughs> yeah. then that's going to yeah. be the consequence, yeah. right? And instead, what if they just sat with it and just opened their hearts, kind of returned, right? Mm, returned mm-hmm, to God mm-hmm. in their hearts and just let that open up the answer for them, right? We might not answer. We don't know. We don't know. We might be like, okay. Yeah. What is it, God? Yeah. What is it, right? Yeah, I like that. And I think I want to add a second piece to that kind of as a wrap-up question because I think, like, I love that idea mm-hmm. um, with the Pharisees and the leaders. Mm-hmm. But then I want to add the question of for those who feel that they are powerless. Yeah, what is there? What is the what is the space that they need? And what are the words that you need to hear in your moments of feeling powerless mm-hmm. that Jesus offers you here? Um, and that God is offering in the midst of structures that may feel oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um, is yeah. this a reminder that your choices do matter? Mm-hmm. Um, that no matter how diminished you may feel and powerless you are, you are not. That God makes you first. God made, right? yeah. When you are yeah. most in need, God makes you, you first. first. And that, right? Yeah, and that you are held in that mm-hmm. grace, that love, but also in that power, mm-hmm. right? Isn't it's but that authority will always um, yeah. come first, no matter what we choose yeah. to do. Right, like that rest in peace, rise in power type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think about like some of this is can we, can the uh, can the authorities find that peace, and can the those who are oppressed find that power? Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, yeah, in some ways. So yeah. anyway, we'll see where it goes. But um, yeah, I hope this passage is you know. Um, Pushed it's, you at least in some way. Yeah, it's today, an interesting passage. To us wrestle with this. It's a it's a really intriguing set of stories. Many layers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but but thanks for listening and being part of this conversation with us. Um, once again, you've been listening to Queen City Preachers. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm Pastor Molly. And be well, friends.